Hello and welcome to The Soprano Show. I'm Gavin Bowen. And I'm Hannibal Diaz. And today we will be recapping Season 3, Episode 5 of The Sopranos, titled Another Toothpick. This episode aired March 25th, 2001. It was written by Terrence Winter and it was directed by Jack Bender, his first. All right. Here is the HBO synopsis for this episode. Bobby Bacala Bacalieri Sr., played by Burt Young, comes out of retirement to deal with a young hothead named Mustang Sally, much to the chagrin of his son and Uncle Junior. This episode is written by Terrence Winter, your guy. Yeah. How'd you like it overall? I thought it was good. I mean, we've had the previous two weeks some big, dramatic, heavy episodes, Death of Livia, followed right. by... Not directly followed by the rape of Melfi, but I just feel like those two episodes in my mind have really like dominated the last few weeks. And so mm -hmm. this is the first one where nothing like incredibly major happens. Right. Uh, yet things still do move forward and it's a good episode. Yeah. We open the episode with a Terrence Winter couples therapy scene. That's we've, right. We've seen him in them and written for them and... Uh, yeah, we get a pan to Carmela. Yeah. First time seeing these two together, Carmela and Melfi. And it's uh, it can be uh, very powerful when you get two tremendous actresses like this together. Yeah, yeah, it's great. I love the way that this is blocked, you know, that reveal of seeing Car Carmela and you're like, oh, wow, she's actually in therapy. Of course, this was something that was like raised as a possibility in the previous episode. Right. And here it is coming to pass. And, you know, we get into right away just how insecure Carmela is in the presence of Melfi. You know, from the very beginning, she's been extremely insecure about Tony's relationship with Melfi. And Carmela has explained why from the very beginning, you know, the emotional intimacy that Tony must have with his other woman, Carmela considers to be a genuine threat you know yeah she does and it's interesting how this awkward silence plays out and i don't know if you caught it there's a sound effect in no. there yeah there i heard it the first time i watched it when i watched it the second time i had to play it a couple times it distinctly sounds like as a way of highlighting the silence it sounds like someone's stomach is growling <laughs> it clearly sounds like yeah. a stomach growling, which I thought is kind of funny. That's uh, great, yeah. Just like almost a, a cartoonish, almost having crickets mm -hmm. chirping, but mm -hmm. it's somebody's stomach going yeah. off. It's pretty yeah. funny. Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, I would have to assume that that's Tony's belly that is rumbling. Sure. And uh, <laughs> he's great, you know. His, his looks are great, yeah. too. I mean, he's got quick looks to his watch. He's looking up in the air. And then, you know, as quickly as he looked at his watch, pleasantries start to quickly dissolve mm -hmm. between the three of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you rarely see Tony Soprano stymied and awkward. <laughs> and you get a lot of that <laughs> right. in this scene where he's just so at a loss so hesitant you know he's at a loss um as to how to express himself and he's so hesitant mm -hmm. to say anything yeah and uh you know he's right in a way because carmela gets set off very quickly yeah i mean this is uh this isn't like you said not a lot happens but i think that's good to have after such a traumatic episode from last but we even still just in this scene get a reminder of the assault Carmela 
asks if she's doing better from her car accident and we kind of are reminded oh yeah that's that's right last week was horrible that's true yeah, yeah. and then one thing that i noticed uh when i was watching this scene that i hadn't noticed previously is the very <laughs> gruesome scarring on melfi's knee yeah in this scene yeah and of course always a nice ending to a scene when it has a very punctuated quote when melfi says you're both very angry yeah you must have been at the top of your fucking class yeah nice little punctuation there that's on the end. yeah <laughs> that's what you call a button yeah and you're right it's a good one so they take this argument into the car ride away from the office and uh eventually he does get pulled over but before that point i just kind of love how carmela's crying sets tony off because if you're a man in a relationship and you get this sort of unprovoked cry it's a tough one to deal with and tony i think in a way is doing what most of guys us guys probably would want to do and just be like for fuck's sake like god damn it are you right. serious you're crying about what right yeah not the best approach maybe that's not. why most of us probably say like what's wrong yeah what's wrong but you know inside you're like no crying again what <laughs> <laughs> what did i do yeah. and it's so funny because you know tony we're about to see tony be a real asshole but yeah. he wasn't an asshole in the therapy scene right i mean not really like so you you can kind of understand Tony's frustration here. Sure. I mean, many times in the past he has provoked Carmela, but this time he actually didn't. And he's kind of like, wait, don't I get any credit at all? <laughs> I was yeah. trying to be a good guy that time. Yeah. And here we get another scene showing Tony's true colors in a way. Colors, you know, yeah. true colors that we haven't seen except in season three now. Yeah. Uh, his racism. Right. Yeah. I mean, to start with, he handles it like any other pullover, cop pulling him over situation. He has some great jabs, some great remarks about how he was speeding a little bit, new shoes, all that, but it doesn't really work. And I think it's really, it starts off as just kind of like a power displacement that Tony doesn't appreciate, that now he's in a lesser status. Of course. Just doesn't matter the color of the cop's skin. In this situation, he has no power over what the cop's doing. Right. He's pulled over. He was speeding. Yeah, yeah. And the cop is not going to play ball with Tony. You know, Tony tries to charm him. Right. He tries to intimidate him. You know, he is doing... He's running through his playbook mm -hmm. of how to handle these situations. And the black cop is just not having it. And right. the black cop is also not being aggressive towards Tony. He's just like... Let's make this straightforward. You were speeding. I give you a ticket. End of discussion. He's being, it's not complicated. He's being a good cop. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, but, you know, Tony's making it this whole thing. And I also think part of it is, you know, Tony is frustrated because he did do this to himself. You know, the therapy, which was contentious, led to the argument with Carmela in the car, led to Tony being anxious speeding because he's irritated led to getting pulled over right. so he recognizes that he did this to himself and i think that really feeds his aggression towards this police officer yeah and yeah that's why when it doesn't work he gets racist right yeah he, yeah he pulls out the jabs <laughs> yeah yeah well then we are pushed right into the introduction of mustang sally this guy mentioned in the synopsis yeah for the episode 
and right off at the top the truck says spatafor so if we remember Vito spatafor yes is one of the guys in uh the april crew so these are his construction guys mm-hmm. so that's important to know that these guys are part of a system that mustang sally we find out later is also technically kind of affiliated with yeah he's on the periphery right and i mean all you can say about this scene all i can say about this scene is one what a terrible bald cap for that guy yeah because that that bald patchy hair work right that's not real that is that cannot be somebody's (laughs) real head you think so hair oh yeah i think i i could tell a little bit there was a you know where you get like the wrinkles Uh up on a bald pate yeah i think i think he was wearing one i think just to be just to point out his head like you're looking at his head right and then mustang sally makes a point of cracking that head open yeah and i just think like we're meant to be looking at his head the whole time that's so funny because i definitely noticed his head too and his weird baldness Right. But I thought, well, it has to be real because why would they make that up? But sure. But I think that's what The Sopranos does. I think we've come to realize that they're like, we need uh, some weird quirk about Uh every character. Every character has to have a little tendency. And this guy's was, unless not. And then I'm very sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for being so critical. (laughs) And, I'm very uh, sorry. Mocking of this I man's mean, natural hairline. Okay. <laughs> but speaking of tendencies, Mustang Sally is, you know, they don't miss a beat establishing that this guy is the biggest prick of all time. <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> He's just a sick, <laughs> twisted, demented asshole. Yeah. You know, screaming at this woman, being very misogynistic and just ugly and abusive towards her. Right. And um, Vito's brother, who is, you know, about to get hurt really bad by Mustang Sally, you know, he's he's just caught in the middle of this. Like, yeah. he's so caught in the middle. He's not involved. He can right away see that this is going to be trouble. Um, and, yeah, you know, you feel for this situation for this guy in this situation, obviously, mm-hmm. because, you know, any one of us could be caught in that sort of thing where you're like, Oh, I see this thing going on. I know that I shouldn't get involved. I'm not going to, but I'm a part of it anyway. Yeah. You know, this woman does rope him into it and uh, Mustang Sally, you know, he grabs his golf club and, uh, in very brutal fashion. Kind of interesting though, yeah. that he has a golf club. Right. And it, was it a putter? I think it was a, putter. I think it was a putter. Yeah. That's an interesting thing for a man like Mustang Sally to be riding yeah. around with. Yeah, but, yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, maybe he just, I mean, I don't know. He was at the driving range. Sure. I have to imagine. He got in some <laughs> Maybe shots. he had a nice iced yeah. tea with. <laughs> Arnold Palmer. Yeah, 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 an Arnold Palmer, exactly, on, at the range. And, uh, yeah, then he, he teed off on, what's uh, Vito's brother's name? Do you remember? Is he named? Don't he remember. probably is, but okay. Well, that guy goes down because Mustang Sally <laughs> yes, takes does. him out. Yes, he um, does. Several whacks. Several whacks. It is just an awful bit of violence to behold. And so then we go to the hospital. Brian Spatafor, Vito's brother, uh-huh. you know, he's uh, laid out unconscious, and the crew yeah. is there to visit him along with uh, Jackie Jr. Right, of course, is is always a fun presence. Tagging along <laughs> every scene. Yeah. I like how it opens with Polly giving the gift of food. 
right for a man who is in a coma yeah <laughs> good and you know that's a that's a setup for a nice joke that will pay off at the end of this scene it will uh but essentially the takeaway here is that uh tony gives the go-ahead you know mustang sally he finally went too far they always knew he was an asshole right you know as long as he fucked with civilians it was okay. Right. But, you know, Vito is part of the crew. Vito is a made man, I assume. You can't, yeah. you know, dent his brother's skull in right. and expect to live. So uh, Tony's like, all right, you know, Gigi, new captain over mm-hmm. Ralphie, which is also a really big point in this scene. I mean, Ralphie is just poking. <laughs> He's on a roll in this scene. He really is. I love Jim, Joe uh, Pantoliano. Like, he's just so funny. Uh, I mean, his first line. I mean, his first hit where it's like... Well, look at the bright side. Wasn't that smart to begin with? Come on, it's a tense situation. A little fucking levity, huh? I mean, it's just so (laughs) ridiculously insensitive that he would ever say that. No, absolutely. And then with defibrillators in his hands, he's making a veto fat joke. Right. So he takes out... Both the brothers <laughs> in one sitting. Yeah. Really. And yeah, and it, it, it's clear that Gigi, he's going to have his hands full right. as captain of this crew. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's already showing that he's had it enough of it. Yeah. You know. Um, but yeah, Tony confers with Gigi. Mm-hmm. Something will be done. Yeah. Mustang Sally will be dealt with. Right. And then we do close out with Vito. Right. Opening the box. Of course he does. Of food. They they never miss the opportunity to make a Vito Spatafor fat joke on this show. So he goes yeah. for the chocolate. I will have to say, though, right now, Joseph yeah. Canascoli, he's mm-hmm. looking very good. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. We follow him on uh, Twitter. Oh, yes. Yeah, and you mean in the present day. In yeah. the present day. Yeah. Oh, I wasn't talking about it in the show. Oh, okay. He's I was like, obviously That's really a large man in yeah. the show. <laughs> I was like, he's, he's quite rotund uh, yeah, no, no, no. in this episode. No, no. Now, we get a service for Febby, who is Carmela's cousin. Uncle. Uncle. Right. Yes. Right. So, uh, they're at the service for him, and we get Father Phil yeah. giving the service. So, Father Phil's back. Mm-hmm. We um, also get AJ saying the weirdest thing I in this whole episode. He has the weirdest line where he's talking about somebody who had cancer, and he says, You know Greg Dayudo? His grandfather died of cancer. They froze his head till they find a cure. Yeah. <laughs> the fuck? Yeah. Where did okay. Terrence Winter pull that random ass line from? <laughs> right. But yeah, it is great. Yeah. And then we get a, a just a Father Phil moment here where Carmel is just like, move on. Right. Move on. Yeah. You know, that relationship has sailed. Yeah. 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 And it's a bit awkward between them now. And, and during the service, Tony takes note of uh, Uncle Junior just sitting there solemnly. Yeah. And he, you know, kind of wonders what that's all about. Yeah. And then he sees Bobby Sr. Right. There as well. So what we learn here is Mustang Sally is Bobby Bacala Sr.'s godson. And Tony lets him know, clears it with him, that they're going to have to take him out. Right. And he's like, that's fine. Yeah, just a courtesy, you know, and I like this character. And, you know, I'll say here that uh, this character of Old Man Bacala, as they refer to him (laughs) frequently throughout the episode, uh, played by a guy named Burt Young, Mm -hmm. who 
you know, I've seen in a million things. I, I couldn't tell you what I've seen him in, but I've just seen him in a Rocky. million things. Oh, right. Of course. Of yeah. course, Rocky. Of course. Um, but I was going to say, so, you know, he's very familiar to us. Right. So it's cool that he's, you know, in this in this show. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also Charles S. Dutton uh, as Officer Wilmore, the guy that pulled over Tony. Again, you know, he's just one of those workers, you know, mm-hmm. those actors. He's been in a million things. Could I name a bunch of the titles? No. But right. he's like a super solid, great actor. And it's cool to have both those guys make special appearances in this episode. Yeah, it is. Now, Junior, you mentioned he's very solemn when he was sitting there. He's not so solemn when he's having a conversation with Tony and Janice. I mean, right. the things that Janice is saying, she brings up the another toothpick comment where we right. get our title, meaning just another person withering away to nothing. Right. Junior finds this all very upsetting. Yeah, he's offended. Yeah, very offended. After, you know, um, Uncle Junior kind of has this like really big response to the another toothpick comment you know what kind of way is that to speak about a sick person you Mm -hmm. know tony and janice i think it's interesting they kind of share this look like oh uncle junior seems to be a bit you know touchy like what's going on there yeah yeah it'll be important later on yeah put all these pieces together but now we get i didn't think we would get a big arty moment in this in this episode but we do, and it starts with Adriana telling him she's got to quit and not even give her two weeks' notice. It's just she was afraid to, but this has to be her last day. Yeah, right. And he says it's cool, but you can tell Artie is clearly hurt. Well, he had this whole fantasy going on in his head. Mm-hmm. You know, he thought it was a, even though he's a married man um, and he's married to Charmaine, who I personally like, uh, Me you too. know. It's just kind of funny. He thought he had like a <laughs> Jim and Pam from the office <laughs> sort of thing going on with Adriana, who's, you know, got to be 20 plus years his junior. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was very happy to, because I remembered this storyline with Artie, but I didn't remember exactly where it came into play. And so I was happy to see that it was in this episode. And, you know, Artie, I was finally able to realize why I like Artie so much and what's so great about him. You know, first of all, John Ventimiglia is just great, you know, perfectly cast and and Mm -hmm. just acts the hell out of that role. But Artie is just the quintessential lovable loser. You know, he is the Charlie Brown. He just can't win. He's just a sad sack, (laughs) you know, trying his best. But just at every turn, he's emasculated, discouraged, dismissed. Mm -hmm. And we see that exemplified in this episode. Yeah, a lot. In the next scene, Junior and Bobby are playing chess. Junior is obviously distracted, almost sitting there like he's fuming over something. Yeah. He just looks pissed. Right. He really does. And so what apparently was decided off screen, because this wasn't mentioned in the hospital, it wasn't mentioned when Tony brought it up with old man Bacala, but the decision was made to have Bacala Sr. whack Mustang Sally mm-hmm. for him to take out Mustang Sally and Bobby Jr. is clearly hurt by this well let me say something too this has always bothered me because in my opinion it's a ridiculous plan yes like from the jump I, I just agree. think it's so stupid uh, well I, 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 I see where the logic is but also 
Tony left the decision up to Gigi. Right. Tony just said, okay. And, you know, later on, when, later on in the next scene, yeah, when Junior brings this up to Tony, Tony's right. like, I'm not going to cut off Gigi's balls right. after just making him captain. Right. He's got to make some decisions and I have to okay them if he's going to have any standing in his crew. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, if you're like in an office and like a person one level below you, like in middle management, fires somebody. Yeah. And you don't agree with the firing, but it's still that lower middle management guy's call. Yeah. Or ladies call, you know, and mm. you sort of, you just sort of have to like, respect that decision right but yeah i've always had a problem with this uh you know this is not a criticism of the writing it's just the character how could it how could it how could you criticize <laughs> right. i mean terrence winter wrote this after all but um yeah it's just i mean okay and we've also completely established that um old man bacala has very severe lung cancer mm -hmm. issues his cough is just atrocious and brutal yes. and sickening to listen to yes uh, just wet, bloody, yeah, gross. Know, we watched the episode. Yeah, <laughs> let's not get <laughs> no, into it. it. But even without that, sending an old ass man to take out a psychotic guy who appears to be in his thirties—it's just a little. It just right, seems a little too risky. Play devil's advocate. Yeah, and just say that the idea is we don't know where Mustang Sally is. Yeah. Right. He reaches out to Old Man Bacala, and obviously, you know, he could have just shared his location, mm -hmm. whatever. They could have just gone in, taken him out. But rather than making a scene and causing uh, the flee of Mustang Sally and a car chase, whatever it might have been, he can easily be welcomed in by Mustang Sally, get very close. It doesn't have to be crazy. It doesn't have to, like, ninja his way in and take him out while he's sleeping. He can literally just sit there and, and do a do a job yeah so i think on in that sense anybody could do it even a man suffering from lung cancer it was right. the idea but i totally agree it's like yeah why yeah why and i think there's also the detail um which i think is important and cool that old man bacala his his like what he's legendary for actually is killing people like right. he was like quite the executioner you know mm -hmm. several characters remark upon that in this episode he's done it many 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 times he's kind of an expert right. at whacking people that get out of line yeah so there's an extra built-in trust factor where it's like this guy's you know the super killer even if he is old you know he's still got that magic that murderous magic and retired too and i like yeah. that comment from bobby he's been retired for seven years what's this we're in the navy yeah <laughs> junior is just so good yeah i actually also liked when i was looking at this scene i realized both bobby and junior are juniors that's right that's nice that is nice junior taking care of junior yeah and like I mentioned, the next scene is that discussion between Junior and, and Tony. And Tony's made it final. doesn't matter what Junior has to say about it. And Junior mm -hmm. just kind of has to accept it. I mean, even <laughs> though he thinks he's the boss of this family, yeah. Tony has made the decision and that is final. Yeah, yeah. This and his is... judgment on it is good. I think letting Gigi make the decision, that makes sense. And I right. think that's why it kind of gets a pass from Junior. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and Junior really has no choice anyway. I mean, this right. is kind of the second scene of this nature that we've had in this season. I think Junior approached 
Tony at Livia's funeral, was it? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And About making Ralphie captain. Exactly. You know, and he tried to put in his two cents and say, hey, listen to me, because I'm the boss. And Tony just brushed him off. And he's like, you're not really the boss. Mm-hmm. You know, we both know you're just a figurehead. Yeah. And we both know that you're even, like, lucky to be alive after you tried to kill me. <laughs> so... Right. Well, I do have a yeah. comment on that later yeah. on. We'll, we'll get to that. Okay. Um, but the next thing I love. Yeah. Drunk Artie. Oh, yeah. He's the best kind of Artie. It, I, <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing drug acting. First, first yeah. off, let's start with, because I, I hope somebody's still keeping a tally out there. No one's told mm-hmm. me they're keeping a record of all the nicknames for Artie from, yeah. from Tony. Right. We get one here right at the top. Artie comes out, says, Wait a minute. Who let this one in here? Oh, Wolfgang Fuckfish. <laughs> another good one. Yeah. <laughs> Zing. Yeah, absolutely. Really, really good. And just the way that Artie comes bursting through, <laughs> you know, into the kitchen, just wasted. You know, like, it's so, it's it's quite comical. It is. I don't know what he's thinking here. I really, I mean, he's obviously drunk, so not thinking much. Mm-hmm. But I liked the touching and the uh, the rubbing of his greasy hands on yeah. Chris's jacket. Yeah. It was really good. And then also there's a shot when Artie tussles Chris's hair. Mm-hmm. You can see Tony's hand come into frame mm-hmm. on Chris's arm to like calm him down. Yeah. You just see the hand come right. over and calm him down. Yeah. Which I liked. I yeah, like that. exactly. I mean, uh, that that is a good little touch. I mean, and also Gandolfini's performance in this scene where he's just so bemused. I mean, both he and Chris are. Chris, more angry, obviously, right. because he can sense that there's some subtext here. But Tony's just like, wow, what the hell? Like, I've never seen Artie this way. Like, he's out of control. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, it's funny until already kind of comes moves it he comes from like a place of subtext to more text of just kind of fuck you chris yeah for uh you know taking aid from me and uh then that's when tony's like okay you gotta you gotta slow it down you gotta slow your roll a little bit and then chris finally explodes right, right. uh which you know makes perfect sense i mean you can't really talk to chris that way he's a made man exactly but right before he does explode, he tells Artie... What? You think you're the only one who knows how to swing a meat cleaver? Yeah. <laughs> and he says it with just this dead stare right. at Artie. Very cold, and I liked it. It was yeah. nice. Yeah. But uh, I also liked how Tony just slaps the shit out of Artie. Yeah. To, like, snap him out of this. Yeah. I really liked it. I really, it just, it's, it's just so funny to watch Artie, like get drunk and slobbering all over this i this fantasy of adriana it's yeah pretty ridiculous yeah again the lovable loser you know he just kind of pathetically uh declares his love for adriana you know he's he's lost all like semblance of self-respect he tells mm-hmm. tony you know i'm in love with her and everything and yeah and tony just thinks it's hilarious you know and sad it is <laughs> uh yeah right and so you know, then we move from that. Well, we pick up with Tony and Zellman, right? right. The so assemblyman. Yeah, the yeah. assemblyman. And Tony wants this ticket that he got to go away. What a shitty office for this assemblyman. Right. Don't you think it's like on the corner of brick building? Just yeah. crap. Uh, but this guy just has a way with politics to make things work for him mm-hmm. and the mafia. Right. And... Um, 
Yeah, we get him kind of spliced into this episode. He's he's yeah. featured in many different areas to kind of move the the B plot, C plot of Tony's mm-hmm. interaction with the police officer yeah. along. Yeah. Yeah. Tony basically says, Hey, make it make the ticket go away. I don't need this hassle. Mm-hmm. And then we get dinner with Junior and the Bobbies. Right. And uh, I think it's interesting that Junior tells Bobby he actually didn't talk to Tony. Oh, that's... I mean, that was probably my biggest laugh in this episode. Really? Yeah. You like that so much that he was like, he's trying to hold on to whatever. Right, because he has so much pride. Right. You know, he can't go back to Bobby and say, yeah, I talked to Tony and Tony just said... uh, just told me to like shut my mouth and go away <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> essentially so it's just so funny how Junior's like no i didn't even call tony <laughs> yeah yeah he breaks it down to uh, yeah. it's your dad's duty right that's it right that's all he that's you know that's all it is uh i did shout at the uh tv to uh stop junior from putting his hand down the disposal again oh right <laughs> right There's i thought just about a little call back to that yeah it's kind of funny, but yeah, this cough. Oh, Jesus! Yeah. I actually wrote Jesus right. when Junior said Jesus. Right. I it's it's bad. It's it's either good acting or something's wrong mm-hmm. with the actor. Oh yeah, I think it's good acting and maybe just some some good sound work. I mean, I don't Jeez. know, but yeah, it's brutal. I mean, you definitely feel for this. Uh, you know, murderer who <laughs> <laughs> has very bad lung cancer. Is this I mean, another Clockwork Orange. Uh, I guess, <laughs> yeah, a bit, yeah. You know, it's just kind of funny because I mean, what this scene clearly establishes is that uh, you know, old man Bacala is is definitely like putting himself at risk uh, performing this hit because oh, yeah, you know he's sure. in a weakened state. Um, this is just an aside that has nothing to do with the episode, but Junior exclaims sweet Saint Dennis. Mm-hmm. And I thought that's funny if there's actually a saint named Dennis, mm-hmm. but there is. Oh, okay. There is a Saint Dennis who was martyred and actually beheaded. Right. Oh, but yeah. I just was like, Saint Dennis. Sounds a little really? like that's... too modern. Yeah. Who... Like the name Dennis. Right. Yeah. Who goes to, who right. goes to that saint uh, right. for exclamation. But apparently he was very popular back in his day. Saint Dennis. I went through right. the whole Wikipedia. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. 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 I'm yeah, glad he was born you... in Italy, but he was a Paris uh, bishop. Should I go on? Uh, please. I mean, I, I think that we've actually discussed the episode enough. <laughs> Can we just turn this into the history of Saint Dennis, please? We'll save it for another episode. Okay. Uh, yeah, but uh, Junior's behavior, just his concern for uh, old man Bacala mm-hmm. is intense. Right. Right? He's saying, like, you got to get a better dog. You got to get on this. You got to take the chemo. What are you doing? Like, what's going on? Yeah. You know, he's really hounding him. And But what we get from old man Bacala is, if I die, I die. Right. But I want to do this. And yeah. That just, but you said that in your front of your son you can't of course it's gonna upset bobby right yeah and you know what's great too is just the uh this is something that i was gonna mention earlier the contrast between old man bacala and bobby bacala jr yeah you know uh that bobby is like such a softy yeah you know he's literally just a big softy Mm -hmm. uh you know you can't imagine him you know smacking anyone around or yeah. or anything and so he's just a complete contrast to his father yeah, who is. is you know a fearsome killer of in men. his day 
Yeah, in his day. Yeah, not so much right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's just got a fearsome cough now. Well, we get uh, your favorite, Charmaine. That's right. In this next scene with Artie. And I got to say, you know, Charmaine, at this point, come on. Mm-hmm. Let Artie do something else with the business. Right. Because half of it is corrupt and not legal. But the other half is, I mean, it's an actual thing that the assemblyman is doing, mm-hmm. going through the legal system. There's nothing wrong with Artie trying to get a piece of that. He's trying yeah. to make that case. And she just keeps bringing things up to like shut him down, shut him down, take away his manhood just a little more. Right. It's just what Artie needs in this episode. I mean, it's so funny too because you. I thought about this for the first time where I was just kind of like, wait a minute. So it's established already in the show that Tony, Artie, and Charmaine go back all the way basically to childhood. And Carmella. Yeah, and Carmella, of course. Um, Tony and Artie were friends in grade school. Right. Uh, Tony and Charmaine slept with each other in like high school. Summer fling. Yeah, had a summer fling. So these, these people go back. And so... You know, I have to imagine that Artie and Charmaine uh, got married when they were like, you know, late teens, early 20s or whatever. Have they literally been having this argument like for decades? <laughs> Probably. You know, yeah. the Artie and, you know, Charmaine criticizing Artie's friendship with Tony. Yeah, I think Charmaine yeah. got a taste for the bad boy. Mm-hmm. And then once that flame went out. Yeah, she just hook, line, and sinker on Artie on right. the stable guy. Yeah, and anything that wavers from that, she feels threatened. Right. I mean, this is a deep dive into the character analysis yeah. of Charmaine Bucco, but right. I believe <laughs> we're we're hitting some, we're touching upon something yeah. here. Here's important. the other thing. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree, and I also have to believe because I mean, we had that first season revelation that Charmaine and Tony did hook up back when they were much younger, mm-hmm. right? Uh, when he was on a break from Carmella, right? Uh, I just, it made me think about the fact that Artie probably knows that that happened too. Uh, and it's just yet another thing that he has to just shove deep yeah. down. Just another kind of source of yeah. like humiliation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to imagine that, that Artie's <laughs> fully aware that Tony uh, slept with his wife. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, there are two lines in here that really stuck out. To me, obviously, when Artie tells Charmaine about the product branding with anything that starts with V, sounds like, reminds them of vagina. Yeah. And that's off-putting. Right. But then Charmaine has this line to kind of just end the conversation. Be happy in thine own self. Even Artie's like, what the fuck does that mean? Mm-hmm. I'm not even sure that's the saying. <laughs> there is no yeah. saying, be happy with thine own self. Right. But... Artie's even like, I don't get it. That's just classic Sopranos. You know, people getting sayings wrong and (laughs) just, you know. (laughs) I love it. I love it because you can be a good writer and a Mm -hmm. bad writer at the same time. Right, yeah. In a way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, when you're great, like, you know how to, like, do it badly. Like, the same way that, like, when you're a really good actor, you know how to act like a bad actor. Like, we saw... Um, Michael Imperioli do exactly. in that episode where Good he was you know, taking the acting classes. <laughs> I like the comparison. Yeah. It's true. And right staying with uh, Vesuvio, we have dinner with all these high ups mm-hmm. and Johnny Sack sticking his nose right. into the business. Yeah, sticking his beacon. Right? Right. I love that Paulie immediately is like, I didn't tell him. 
Right. It wasn't me who told yeah. told him about the situation. And Ralph keeps poking mm-hmm. and poking Gigi, right. just making it a living hell <laughs> for this guy who just got yeah. promoted. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, in honesty, they they should let Ralph do it. Yeah. I mean, take a moment just to say, you know what, Ralph, you might be onto something here. Right. Yeah, you handle it. Right. You handle it. It was a good idea to have Bacala do it, but you know what you really want to do it? Do it. But it would be hard. Yeah. I mean, it would be, I mean, I, I agree with what you were saying, which is what the characters are thinking is that mm-hmm. this is, you know, the least dramatic, least complicated way to handle the problem, having old man Bacala handle it. Uh, because, you know, Mustang Sally knows that he's a marked man, that all these guys probably aren't happy with him. Like, he doesn't know that they are plotting to kill him. Right. But he knows that he's in trouble, that he bashed in the wrong skull. Yep. And, you know, that's a big issue. And so, I mean, Ralphie approaching Mustang Sally would be, like, really, really hard. It'd have to be some, like, day of the jackal. You know, he's got like a rifle with a scope, maybe assassinates him from a mile away. Because otherwise, you know, Mustang Sally would be too wary. I don't think that's Ralph's approach either. Yeah. I don't, I don't <laughs> right. think assassinating exactly. from a long shot is, yeah. uh, is his thing. Yeah. Is his thing. So this, this next scene at the garden supply. Yeah. Tony has to be a prick, doesn't right. he? Well... I mean, it's just Tony, you know, engaging in a little uh, light ball breaking. You know, he's not being very brutal. He's just kind of pestering this guy, Uh, you know, the cop that pulled him over. Right. And he actually doesn't even realize the situation, Mm -hmm. really, of what actually transpired. Yeah. Why he's here. Right. Supposedly undercover. Yeah. 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 But... I guess we get a slight reversal Mm -hmm. from Tony that he didn't know about the transfer and therefore the lack of overtime pay. Mm -hmm. And he didn't want that to happen. Didn't know it. So kind of feels sorry. Well, no, I think he definitely does, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's just a layer of uh, complexity, you know, because he's annoyed by this guy, you know, having the gall to give him a ticket Right. And everything, and especially, you know, Tony doesn't like uh, a black man, you know, having some sort of uh, leverage over him, you know. Uh, but at the same time, Tony, in the back of his mind, is like, well, it was just a speeding ticket. Like, I yeah. don't know. I mean, just on a human level, you like losing your livelihood over it. Okay, that's like not that great. I mean, that's why yeah. he has this conversation in the next scene right. with the assemblyman. He's yeah. like, did you have to go that far? Right to do it and he does feel bad i even think he feels a little sympathy mm-hmm. when the assemblyman tells him this guy has problems he's got yeah. he's been he's a depressed and he might have mm-hmm. mental issues mm-hmm. you get a moment where tony doesn't say anything he's kind of just like okay but i'm depressed right. at times and yeah. i've had some issues so uh, it makes it even worse for yeah. Tony. he feels even worse about it that's a good point that's a good point for sure all right here we are yeah. Bobby's hit. Right. Bacala Sr. Yeah. Stairs. Right. Goddamn stairs. Yeah. Yeah. You know that's not going to be a good start. Not at to all. this. Not at all. In addition, there are stairs inside the house at the front door as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he even makes a comment, you know, more stairs. <laughs> right. This is, not, this is not good. Yeah. This is not good. But it's clear that Mustang Sally is a loose cannon. 
this is a guy who still joking when he thinks he's off the hook. Right. Still joking about shouting four. Yeah. After smacking him around. I, I just liked, I liked how this was choreographed. I liked how it was all established. You know, it took its time for sure. Yeah. Well edited too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just as uh, things kind of get complicated, you know, Bacalot goes in there. Uh, he wants to kind of just lull Mustang Sally into a false sense of security, which he does do quite well. Mm-hmm. You know, as you said, uh, Mustang Sally believes he's off the hook. He got a pass. Mm-hmm. It's all right. You know, and then when Bacalop goes to make his move, you know, it was like, again, I was a little frustrated. I was like, you could have handled this a bit easier. Like, did you have to be directly behind him? <laughs> right. You could have been a couple feet away, but, you know, he pulls out the gun and he has to be right behind the guy yeah. right behind Mustang Sally. And then of course, Mustang Sally's buddy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I liked his line too. I forget exactly what it was, but it was like, you know, when basically Bacala is like, you know, what's this other guy doing here? Mustang Sally's like, Oh, it's just guy. I know he fucks the lady whose house it is. Right. I mean, I just liked the way that that line kind of played out. Yeah. Uh, the way but, that that was phrased. But even before yeah. he gets up behind him with the gun, the, I like the shot over the kitchen counter Yeah. of Bacala in the background where you can see like, Oh, okay. We, we can't see that. He just like fumbled to get the gun. Right. So, so Mustang Sally couldn't see it either. And it's just, yeah, yeah I like that angle, but yeah, it turned, it just, mm-hmm gets worse yeah because the guy who's uh fucking the woman whose house it is, it is right. <laughs> he, he pops up and he has such a great reaction <laughs> what what the fuck <laughs> yeah because i mean you have to imagine like that's a crazy thing to walk in on <laughs> you know this old man right. holding a massive gat to the back of the head of your friend uh, yeah who's yeah. supposed to be this old man's godson right yeah. yeah that's a crazy thing and you know that alerts mustang sally and then you know uh he gets he he, he grapples with the old man and you know pulls out his gun well and so, he shot the friend pretty yeah. easy from a distance exactly that's a really good point that's right. a really really good point um, and so then we get into this just like sort of messy grappling wrestling you know loose cannon mustang sally who could probably have handled this better but he did just get his ear blown off True. so i think that that's kind of you know weakening him a bit uh ultimately uh old man bacala does you know get the better of blows mustang sally and blows his brains out and then you know he kind of is uh he he's invigorated yeah he by relishes this murder yeah 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 and he relishes finishing off the guy <laughs> who's uh fucking the woman whose house it is I'm yeah, sorry. I just yeah, like no, repeating that. Yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's good. And hey, why not smoke at this point? Yeah. You just went through, you know, a difficult hit. Mm-hmm. You're suffering from lung cancer because you have years of smoking. Treat yourself. Right. That's what I say. Yeah. But of course, the car ride. Yeah. After that. Uh, things don't don't work out so well. You know, no. he, he does succumb to his, his coughing and, you know, he drops his... Uh, his inhaler and you know can't get to it and and that's unfortunately the end of old man bacala you know he crashes his car do you do you think the i just thought of this right now do you think the you place your ad here sign mm-hmm. falling on his car yeah is like a deliberate like place your like no smoking ad <laughs> like right here <laughs> that's so great yeah just from the writer just from Terrence absolutely Winter saying, like right yeah here. 
And I love that detail, just the way that it uh, just slides all the way down yeah. onto the car. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, goofy. what? It's goofy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's goofy, but it's it's fun. And yeah, poor old man Bacala. And Junior finds out. Right. Next scene. And poor Bobby. Right. His dad just died, and he's sitting there in just a puddle of tears. This is literally exactly what he was warning everyone about from the very beginning. Right. You know, and so just the fact that it happened exactly what he was afraid of happened. Yeah. Exactly yeah. the way he said it would. You know, it's it's very sad. And again, Junior specifically wants to know details. You know, what did he actually die of? The car crash? Was it the cancer? How mm -hmm. far along was, you know, the metastasis of the cells and the cancer? And Bobby stops him and Junior loses it. Right. Just loses it. Quite the outburst. Yeah. Just starts trashing everything in sight. Yeah. And, you know, again, if you're the viewer, you're going, wow, this is quite an emotional display from Junior. Right. You know, each scene with Junior, almost each scene, we've had a bit of an emotional display from him uh, that has sort of just been a little bit more intense than the one that we previously saw. So at this point, we really should be going like, wow, what's going on with Uncle Junior? Mm-hmm. In the next scene, Charmaine and Artie are through. Yeah. Artie is clearly making his life a little shitty right now. Right. By not being a smart man or a good husband. But I like that he finally stands up for himself. Yeah. I mean, he literally sl slaps the table. He puts mm -hmm. his foot down. Yeah. Tells her, no, he's going into business with Tony, and I don't care if you have decided to leave me and take the kids. Right. <laughs> and it's so funny, because I, I don't know that, like, Artie really means it, but he's just, he's had enough, you know. It's, like, it's just too painful, you know, knowing that he can never, not like he ever would have been able to be with Adriana, but, like, it's just really not going to happen, you know, and it's just such an empty sad fantasy you mm -hmm. know uh you know it's uh it, it, it's sad so that's that's motivating this very strong stand here i mean does Artie really want to divorce charmaine i don't know but it's like he's just so sick of everyone telling him what to do and him not being able to have the things that he wants yeah when you know he observes these gangsters constantly able to just get whatever they want having their glamorous better lives he thinks and mm-hmm you know, just more lovable loser shtick. Yeah. And then we get the reveal of what's been really troubling Junior when Tony goes to visit him in the hospital. I do have to point out that Tony again uses the scale. Yeah. Never fails to use the scale when he goes to see Junior at the hospital. I noticed that too. Yeah. And uh, it's revealed by Junior that he has cancer. Yeah, it's a big reveal. This is what everybody else has been suffering from, but now... Junior is also suffering from it. Right. And that's why he's been acting so grumpy and inquisitive and being affected by what people are saying about sick people and the another toothpick comments. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And very, you know, just in general, just very emotional. You know, when we last saw him, he was, you know, trashing his house and, you, you know, it was, you, you just assume, oh, it's just grief over the fact that, you know, his, uh, his peer has died, but it's actually a little bit more complicated than that. Yeah. It was. And, you know, this was, I was going to, when you brought it up earlier, the affection that Junior and Tony have for each other, mm -hmm. you know, the concern Tony has about Junior now telling him he has cancer. 
And I feel like maybe it should bother me or it should bother us as the audience. I mean, after all, Junior tried to have Tony killed, mm-hmm. but it doesn't. And I like that they love each other. Yeah. And that they don't hate each other when they probably should. Right. It's weird. Yeah. No, I would totally agree with that. Yeah. No, it's very true. I look. <laughs> I like a lot, though, the... Uh, the pivot to humor that we get in this same scene mm-hmm. uh, when Tony is like suddenly becomes exasperated and they have that whole conversation about like, oh, wait, so you wanted old man Bacala to die of cancer right. because you thought that these things come in threes and in a way that would let you off the hook because he'd be the third person in our lives to die of cancer. And then Tony's just had it at that point. <laughs> it, it is a bit ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> this idea. But when you're superstitious, as right. Janice and Tony kind of discuss right. in the next scene, you make up any reason to get you off the hook from right. some terrible illness. Yeah. And I like that, you know, Tony promises, I'm not going to tell anybody. Next scene, Uncle June's got cancer. Right. Yeah. Just a <laughs> you know, classic gag. Yeah. And this drunken convo, I like it. It's very funny. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, Tony and Janice just with their wine commiserating on the couch. You know, one of their rare, you know, moments where they're able to have just a civil conversation and relate to each other. Mm. Uh, but then, of course, Tony is over it. Oh, when, he sobers up quickly. Yeah. You know, when Janice also, she, she brings up pussy, you know, she knows what happened i mean not literally but she can surmise i was i was wondering why she brings that up it's such a weird moment there yeah kind of came out of nowhere it's out of the blue right she had no relationship with sal she had no she has no history she has no beef she has Mm -hmm. no reason to know the true details yeah i don't know very odd to me i mean my only thought is that you know she's kind of in this whole sort of Christian mindset now. And Mm. so, you know, she knows obviously that Tony knows how Richie died. Right. Right. And so I think, well, yes, (laughs) we all know how Richie died. So I, I do think that that might be part of it or it's sort of like, Hey, you know, like my secret, uh, would you like to, in, you know, in the Christian tradition, would you like to confess a secret yourself? You know, yeah, and Tony, of course, isn't having it. You know, just no. shuts her down completely. Just gets up and walks away. You know, that's just not something that he's ever going to discuss, as he shouldn't. Right. And whoa, ho, Meadow comes home, and what does she do? But take the lamp. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's just get down to it. The right. lamp is no more a problem for Tony Soprano. Not that he knew it was, but. Yeah. That's just so funny. I mean, it's just another just moment of luck for mm-hmm. Tony coming into play. Yeah. Uh, it's so funny, too, because at the top of the scene, you know, the feds, they're listening in. Right. And I just I'm all I, I feel bad for them. Like, I feel bored for them. <laughs> you know, they never get anything good. They just get like Meadow singing and she does her laundry. Mm-hmm. And then she comes up and then we get into, you know, a pretty amusing scene. I thought. Yeah. Uh, when, you know, Tony and Meadow get into what they've been arguing about the entire season, mm-hmm. which is her, you know, relationship with Noah. Uh, t- I just think Tony is so funny here. You know, he's so 
pleased to discover <laughs> that Meadow's bike was stolen by a black guy. He is quite happy. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's kind of, it goes back to that line from Artie. <laughs> I, uh, I feel vindicated. You know, <laughs> you, you can imagine Tony saying that. Right. And also, I think what's so comical about this is the way that Tony's dressed, too. Yeah. Which suspenders. Is, <laughs> suspenders, yeah. the tie. Like, he just sort of looks silly. Like, we've never seen Tony dressed this way. And all I could think about was, and not that Archie Bunker dressed this way, but I just felt like it was very much mm. sort of an Archie Bunker type scene. You know what I mean? Where Tony's, you know, basically saying, hey, you know, I have these stereotypes of these people. And guess what? I'm right. And you're wrong. So how do you feel now? And he's just got this like ridiculous. Yeah. I, I believe it is called a shit eating grin <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> on his face the entire time. Biggest shit eating grin. Of yeah. Of course he does. Yeah. But yeah, the lamp is no more. Yeah. It's just so funny how. Because I remember that, too, and I forgot it was this episode, but mm -hmm. there it goes. Toodle fucking ooh. Right. It's gone. <laughs> ah, so this next scene with Adriana and Artie. Yeah. Oh, First boy. off, what the hell is Adriana doing there? She should right. not be there. She should know better than to be there. She didn't even tell Chris. Yeah. That's a, that's a clear sign that you're doing something you shouldn't be doing. Right. When you don't tell the person, you should probably tell what you're doing for yeah. the night. And Artie is just being a creep. Yeah. With his earring. Yeah. Who is he? Well, he's just really trying. Again, you know, pitiful, pathetic, sad sack that he is. He's just trying to assert himself a little more. I mean, this, this sad attempt to, you know... Uh, convey some sort of a youthful vigor with this earring that he's got. I mean, it's just so silly. Um, but I think that, you know, Aid is there at dinner because she feels bad for Artie. I mean, I think that as a woman, she recognizes that this old guy, you know, uh, well, to her, he's an old guy, mm -hmm. um, had a crush on her and she kind of wants to just let him down, you know, easy. Yeah. And she also knows that he's not a threat at all. And, you know, she's there because she, she feels sorry for him. It's a pity dinner. Well, yeah, but it gets too creepy and she doesn't even dine before she dashes. Right. <laughs> she is out. Yeah. There's no way she's coming back from the bathroom. With his, yeah, you know, he's like putting his hand <laughs> atop oh. of her hands and it's she kind of pulls away. You know, he tries it a couple times. I mean, it's just really, yeah, it's sad. You know, yeah. feel, you, you just feel like the awkwardness. It's, it's very much a cringe inducing scene. Yeah. Then we get another dinner. At Vesuvio with the assemblyman, Johnny Sack, and Tony. Right. This scene starts out funny because the assemblyman's talking about the scale model that they have. And Johnny Sack says, Fucking Newark. They got little hookers giving little blowjobs. <laughs> right. <laughs> Poor Newark. Yeah. <laughs> little Newark slam there. From New York. Yeah. 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 And then now after this fight with Meadow, mm -hmm. Tony says, Fuck the guy. Yeah, Tony has soured on blacks once again. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> oh, and this is a nice scene, too. This next one with yeah. Agent Harris. Right. Kind of like doesn't know how to tell his boss, Frank, about mm -hmm. the missing lamp. But uh, now they all know it's KIA. Yeah. The no lamp bug. Basement wiretap has been neutralized. Neutralized. Yeah. So we're uh, we're nearing the end of the episode. 
Um, right here in the next scene, Bobby comes to pick up Junior for his father's funeral. Yeah. And Junior clearly is not ready to go. He's watching a Francis Albert movie. I don't know if you noticed Francis Albert I playing. Did. And I have to say, in general, it wasn't until this run through the series that I noticed how many references to Frank Sinatra they make in this show. And I guess it makes sense, you know. Sure. He's a, a kind of New Jersey guy. Like, he's famous for being from Jersey, Italian. Yeah, a huge figure. Yeah. He had the mob ties. But, yeah, they just they keep hey. working him in. We don't talk about the mob ties. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> Do we talk about the mob ties? Um, I was going to ask you about this because you're you're more the director guy. The shot of Junior telling Bobby that he has cancer. Mm-hmm. It seems out of place. Oh, you think? Yeah. Because it, 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 the, the shot goes from Bobby back to Junior real quick. And Junior's in this like, he's seated in a way that, He's got this glow about right. him, and he he's got his eyes kind of clo- almost closed. They're like partly closed, and he just tells him, "I've got cancer." Yeah, I don't know. It seemed kind of intentional, but right. also a little out of place for me. I'm not sure. Yeah, why I felt so awkward about it. Yeah, you know, I guess I would have to go and look at that scene again to kind of get a sense of what makes it feel so off. But maybe it's just. You know, it's intentionally, you know, when you're directing, right, like it's always about the the camera movement and framing and lighting mirroring some sort of emotional state, mm. you know, uh, that's contextually contextually part of the scene. Interesting. Um, so I think that probably this is a big step for Junior that you weren't expecting him to take, you know, because he made this big deal to Tony, right? Like, oh, this is a huge secret. You can't tell anyone and it is sort of surprising. I was surprised when Junior just kind of confessed to Bobby, like I've got, yeah, I've got cancer, and he doesn't even tell Bobby. Don't tell anyone, like, right? He doesn't. Right. No, he so doesn't. he doesn't really care if it gets out now. Yeah, yeah. I guess that is. He's just like resigned in the fact right. that this is how it is now. Yeah, he's gonna be asked to go out to social occasions to get a letter from his lawyer mm-hmm. to the FBI that he needs to go out and. He won't. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. And and Bobby just kind of, you know, leaves the scene sort of in a saddened oh. daze. Oh, when he says, My father, now you, what the fuck has happened? Right. It's so pathetic. Yeah. It is sad. It's yeah. sad. Poor Bobby. Okay, so this last scene. Yeah. What the hell? This is a poetic scene i you, you think i okay. liked it Please i liked the me. way that it ended i i like it's just because it's one of those things where like you don't really understand what really happened but in a way it registers emotionally hmm. and to me that's like an example of very nice writing where it's like the episode didn't really have to end with this scene it no. almost seems sort of arbitrary but the reason why I say it's poetic is because basically we get a final confrontation between Tony and Officer Wilmore. An intentional one. An intentional one. I mean, Tony one. In- goes there specifically right. seeking him out. Yeah. And there's a question, you know, why is Tony here? It's not to, you know, say fuck you to the guy. 
You know, right. he's he's not there for any other reason other than to my theory is sort of it's hard to describe, but basically I don't think it's that. I think it's more about bringing Officer Wilmore down to Tony's level. I think that Tony is vexed by the fact that mm. the officer did not respond to Tony's attempts to corrupt him. And I think, you know, if you really want to do a deep dive into it, Tony has definitely exhibited his low opinion of like black morality in this episode. Okay. And so I think it like doesn't really square with his racist philosophy. The fact that this black cop is above accepting a bribe. Right. And so Tony goes there just to prove to himself in a way, Hey, I'm going to offer this guy money. Okay. He'll take it. It will be confirmed for me that black people are just as corrupt as I think they are. Gotcha. Okay. That I, I went from arbitrary to now I have a better picture of that. An arbitrary yeah. scene to a better idea of what the scene was about. That makes sense. And perfect not, sense to me. You know, it's interesting because I'm not even certain that that's the correct interpretation, but I just kind of feel like that that's sort of how I choose to interpret the scene. And I think it's an interesting way to end the episode. Yeah, I like that. I do. Well, that's the end of the show. This yeah. has uh, been another episode of The Soprano Show. My name is Gavin Bowen. And I'm Hannibal Diaz. As always, if you're liking the podcast, there are many ways to support it by subscribing on iTunes or at Apple Podcasts and leaving a review and a comment there. Also, you can find us on Stitcher and wherever podcasts are found and like us at The Soprano Show on Twitter. And like we do with every episode ending with our favorite lines. Hannibal, did you want to start with your favorite line? Yeah, sure. Um, it comes in that conversation uh, between Tony and Artie uh-huh. after Tony slaps Artie around is like, what What the fuck are you thinking? Yeah. You know, you can't talk to Chris that way and you can't, you know, antagonize him, especially when it's related to Chris's fiance, Adriana. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you just get that like pitiful line from Artie where he kind of declares his love. And then I still had my hair. Honey, she's a young girl. You could have had like fucking Casey Casey. It won't make a difference. Uh, no, that was good. Yeah, that was really good. Cause Make a comment about his bald head as right. well. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess I sort of have a bonus there too, right? Well, what am I, a joke? <laughs> yeah. Stupid fucking bald one. Oh, poor Artie. This episode, really. He's taken a, a step down in the, uh, his honor and dignity. Let's just dignity. say his ego is under assault in yes. this episode. That's a good way of saying it. My favorite line comes after the fight with Meadow. Uh, where they're blowing up and we're getting like part of the argument coming from the FBI's pickup from the the lamp wire. And then it ends with Tony screaming at Meadow. It cuts to him walking back into the kitchen and he looks at Carmel and says, Good, now you got something you can wrap me out about in therapy. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Awesome.